When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. I am so excited to partner with them once again in 2022 because they've got a lot of great stuff going on, including an entirely redesigned and renovated driving range and practice area. It's got Top Tracer. It's got, what, like 42 heated bays, individually heated, by the way. And it's even got a food truck and much, much more, such as two bars. Yeah, that's right. Go out to CogHillGolf.com today to learn a little bit more. And, of course, you already know about all their great golf courses, CogHillGolf.com. We're also pleased to continue to work with our friends at WorldwideGolfShops.com. You've heard me talk about them many times before. They've got everything you need for golf. They've got apparel, accessories, training aids, all the new equipment. They've got deals like every single day. And going out to WorldwideGolfShops.com might just help you improve your game this golf season. WorldwideGolfShops.com. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am not your usual host, Adam Fonseca, but you are still listening to Golf Unfiltered. My name is Nikki Dunnigan, and Adam has ever so graciously allowed me to step in for him as host. Um, He has been so very, very busy doing double duty as both the host for this show, as well as the narrator for Golf Stories Secret Tour Pro which, by the way, just reached its epic conclusion. Um, I won't spoil the ending if you haven't listened to it, but all I will say is, wow. Um, Like I said, not going to spoil it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so since Adam has been so busy, uh, I volunteered to take over for him for a couple episodes for a little mini-series that we are calling Memoirs from Magnolia Lane. Um, And if you didn't guess from the title, these episodes are going to put a spotlight on the Masters Tournament coming up, but with a unique spin from the patron point of view. Um, I feel like I should take a second to pause here and give sort of a disclaimer just in case. Um, This podcast is in no way affiliated, nor is it sponsored by Augusta National Golf Club, the Masters Tournament, or any of its affiliates. Side effects from listening to this podcast may include increased longing for the first major of the year, extreme feelings of nostalgia, and even joy. Um, Yeah, not sure if I legally needed to say any of that, but I'm going to just in case. (laughs) Um, Anyway, these next few episodes are going to be pretty special. At least we hope so. The whole point of this little mini series that we're doing is to 
share stories around the masters that aren't really getting told on the CBS or ESPN broadcast. Um, you know, as, as golf fans, whether you've been to the tournament or not, we all know the history that surrounds this tournament. We've all heard the stories of the Tiger Slam in 2001 or Jack's Yes Sir victory in 86 or Louis Oosthuizen's Albatross in 2012. Um, but, you know, those stories have been told to death. What we want to share with you here are the stories from patrons who have been on the other side of the ropes. You know, we want to share the family traditions and the memories that deeply intertwine with both the tournament and the course that make that second Sunday in April feel like Christmas morning. Um, because really, does any other major give you that feeling like the Masters does? You know, is it because it's the first one of the year? Is it because the landscape is so beautiful? Is it because the tickets are so hard to get? Um, I think in part, yes to all of that. But I think it also has a lot to do with the traditions and the stories that get passed down by word of mouth. Um, we're going to have some guests on the next couple episodes who have extremely interesting histories and relationships with this tournament. And the main thing that we want to know from them is what makes the Masters a quote-unquote tradition unlike any other for you. Um, I actually have a pretty lengthy history with the Masters myself. Um, I went to the tournament for the first time in 1997, but actually my family's history with the tournament started long before that. Um, my grandfather was an Augusta native, and he grew up the youngest of 14 <laughs> brothers and sisters, yet 14. Can't even imagine that. Um, in 1959, he was attending the University of Georgia, and he was studying to be a CPA. He was going to be an accountant. Um, that year, all of his fraternity brothers were headed toward the coast for spring break, headed toward the beach. And he went back home to Augusta um, to help out his, his parents with his brothers and sisters. Um, but he paid $12.50, which is an astronomical price <laughs> compared to what people are paying for tickets now. Um, but $12.50 for a weekly tournament badge. So that got him the Thursday through Sunday tickets. Um, so he went to watch golf during the day. And then at night, he went back home to help his mom and dad with all of his brothers and sisters. And then for the next 60 years, he would attend the Masters tournament every spring. He got to see Arnold win his second, third, and fourth green jacket. He saw Jack win all six of his titles and even brought my grandma with him to see the victory in 1972. He and my mom went together in 1990 to see Nick Faldo win his second green jacket um, that was a pretty important year because she walked up and down those hills and enjoyed a lot of peach ice cream sandwiches, all while pregnant with me. Um, I know I said my first year was 1997, but technically, I guess you could say 1990 was my first if she was pregnant with me then. Um, and then in 2019, I got to bring the family tradition full circle when I walked the grounds pregnant with my own child. You know, obviously my grandfather is a big fan of golf and we talked about it all the time, but his favorite stories to share from the tournament 
weren't about all those victories he saw. The stories he loved the most involved his family. The stories that he told all the time were the ones that, like when my mom got an autograph from Fuzzy Zeller, um, and they were pretty sure he was drunk. Um, Or the time my cousin got a chunk of divot tossed to him from Ernie Els, or the time that he and my grandma had to huddle together under a scoreboard to stay dry during a rain delay because they forgot ponchos. Um, You know, when I was younger, spring break for my family, like for my my mom and dad and my sister and I, meant driving to Augusta to my great-grandmother's house um, to spend the week and attend the tournament. And sometimes the tournament fell the same weekend as Easter. And so since the tickets were in my grandfather's name, he usually got the Sunday ticket. So while he made his way to the course on Easter Sunday, the rest of us would all pile into one car and drive down the block to the Baptist church. Um, And my great grandmother would stay home preparing an enormous lunch for all of us to eat when we got home for dinner. Um, But of course, we couldn't eat until we took a thousand some odd pictures in our Easter outfits. Um, but in 1997, my grandpa finally felt that I was actually old enough to go with him for the day. And, you know, this was before the junior pass program was actually created. So this is a big deal to be taking one of our only two tickets that we had for an entire day. Um, especially for me to be as young as I was. Um, and being as young as I was, I don't really remember much about the actual golf from that day. Um, you know, things I remember the most were, uh, I got a new outfit just for the tournament. Um, I remember I got an Easter dress and then I got a, um, a, a master's outfit. Um, and then it was like that pretty much the rest of my childhood. You got an Easter dress and a master's outfit every year. <laughs> um, I remember everybody murmuring about a, a tiger. Um, I, I wasn't quite sure who that was at the time, obviously, obviously I know who that is now. But um, at the time, I didn't know. I was only seven years old. Um, And then I remember my grandpa buying me a pink visor from the pro shop, which I still have. Um, Oh, and the snacks and the sandwiches. I remember those vividly as well. The vision of my grandpa sitting on the picnic tables outside the Southgate concession, wiping yellow mustard from the corner of his mouth with his handkerchief is, is a core memory. It is ingrained in my brain. I do actually have one very vivid memory from that day, though. Um, we normally go in and sit on hole 16 on Redbud. My grandpa always said that it was one of his favorites. And, you know, when I was younger, he would try to explain like, oh, it's a good par three. You know, depending on the pin placement, you can you might see, you know, some some birdies or some aces and, you know, or you could see some splashes in the water. Um, and, you know, at, at that time, they hadn't built the grandstands. So we were able to sit kind of like right up next to the water. And so, you know, at that time I was pretty young. My grandpa is actually watching the golf happening. Um, He's got his binoculars watching the players across the pond on the 15th green. And I'm sitting in the grass right up at the ropes in the water and I'm watching turtles crawl up out of the water. And so I'm, I'm sitting in the grass and I'm kind of picking at the grass a little bit, but then I'm, I'm also trying to see how close I can get to this turtle. Um, and the only snack I had on me at the time was I had a bag of peanuts. Um, and eventually the turtle's like slowly making its way up the bank. 
and it just kept getting closer and closer and closer to me. And I was so shocked at how close it was getting. And I just kind of like tossed a peanut out to it. And eventually it picked up the peanut. Like I just watched the turtle pick up this peanut that I had just tossed to it. And I was shocked. And I, I was trying to not be loud because I knew, I knew that you don't yell at a golf tournament, but I tugged on my grandpa's pant leg to get his attention. And I, and I, he looks down and I'm pointing at the turtle and I'm trying not to freak out. And, and I'm, I'm trying to get him to see, he just ate the peanut that I threw to him. And, you know, my, my grandpa's a very, um, very quiet, quiet man. He doesn't say much. Um, and when he did, it was something you needed to listen to. Um, but also when he laughed, he, he laughed with like his whole body, like not a lot of sound came out, but like his shoulders would shake and like his face would turn red and like his eyes would just kind of glisten. Um, but not a lot of sound would come out. Um, but, but just like the, the memory of, of him wiping yellow mustard from his face with a handkerchief is ingrained in my head. The, the memory of his shoulders shaking up and down, watching that turtle eat the peanut is, is ingrained in my, my head forever. Um, you know, he tried, he tried so quietly to hold back his laughter, his arms crossed across his belly, just shoulders shaking, um, with joy as he watched that happen. Um, you know, 1997 was the first time my grandfather and I got to go to the masters together. We went on a Thursday and I ate way too many ice cream sandwiches and he said, Oh, it's fine. I won't tell your mom. And he taught me a few lessons about golf and we got to see Tiger Woods when his first green jacket. And then 2019 was the last time that my grandfather and I would get to go to the masters tournament together. We also went on a Thursday and I also ate way too many ice cream sandwiches. And he said, Oh, it's fine. You're pregnant. You're about to be a mom. Uh, he shared lessons about parenthood and we saw Tiger Woods win his fifth green jacket. And I just felt that was so great to bookend our time together at the masters. My grandfather passed away unexpectedly only 10 days before my son was born. And so his absence in our lives this time of year feels extra heavy. Um, you know, to, to put it in terms that other people would understand it, it kind of felt like how Tiger's absence from the tournament felt last year to like the rest of the sports world and the rest of golf fans. Um, you know, when they showed that empty chair at the champions dinner last year, I, that belt did me in. I, I lost it. Um, you know, I would, I would give anything to be able to set up our chairs on the 16th green again, and just, just listen to him tell stories about growing up on this course and watching his family grow up on this course. Um, my grandmother was actually diagnosed with dementia in 2011 and passed away in 2018. You know, so my grandparents shared a lifetime of memories at this tournament you know, memories that she slowly lost due to a cruel disease. And, you know, now these are stories that, you know, we would give anything to hear either of them share with us again. And, you know, not, not to be a huge Debbie Downer here in, in, in this episode on such a sad note, but honestly, that's, that's a huge reason why I'm, I'm so passionate about doing this mini series. And I'm just so glad and grateful that Adam has kind of let me take over this <laughs> and do this project um, as a part of this podcast, because I really wanted to give people an opportunity to 
share their own stories and memories, you know, before, before time takes them away. Um, you know, obviously this tournament and this course mean a lot to me. I hope, I hope you can hear that. It just, just from me, the way I talk about it. Um, I, I walked down the aisle at my wedding to the master's theme music that plays on CBS. Um, in, instead of numbering the tables at the reception at our wedding, I actually put place cards with the names of the 18 holes. Um, so like, instead of telling someone, Oh, you're going to sit at table 14, they would look at the board to find oh, they're at the Chinese fur table. Um, you know, I even have a tattoo of the master's logo on my wrist. And while some of that is a little over the top, I will fully admit, um, I know there are other patrons out there who have a very similar love and admiration for this place. Um, maybe not quite to the extent of permanently inking their body with it, but hey, you never know. Um, <laughs> as we wrap up this episode, um, I, I promise I will not end on a on a sad note, <laughs> but sort of a preview for what's next. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sitting down with a couple of other longtime masters patrons and super fans who have taken their love for the course and for the tournament and turned it into passion projects of their own. Um, you know, I don't want to give too much away before the episodes, but I will just say that there's a lot of history with these guests, as well as um, a passion for educating future generations on what um the quote-unquote tradition unlike any other really means. Um, so I'm, I'm really very, very excited to share their stories with you. And I'm very grateful to you for tuning in and for listening. Um, be sure to stay tuned on social media at Golf Unfiltered for more updates on this series. Uh, you're also welcome to follow me as well at Nikki Dunnigan. That's N-I-K-K-I-D-U-N-A-G-A-N. Um, if you have a story you want to share, a comment, a question, a concern, um, shoot us an email. You can reach Adam at Adam at Golf Unfiltered or myself, Nikki at golfunfiltered.com. And if you just can't get enough of us, be sure to check out Golf Stories Secret Tour Pro. Um, that's the podcast that Adam put, put together and has been working on. Um, I, I will promo it again. I promise it will keep you on the edge of your seat. Um, so be sure to go check that out as well. All right. That is going to be enough for me today. I thank you again for listening and I cannot wait to share some more stories with you from other masters patrons coming up and we will see you next time for more memoirs from Magnolia Lane. Cheers.